Hey girls, Maria Menounos here, author of The Every Girl's Guide to Life. Want to know my best tips and secrets for organization, travel, weight loss, beauty, fashion, and everything else in between? Go to bang.com slash Maria and pick up my new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Tonight's host is Derek Shore. Joining Derek will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Roxy Stryer, Sarah Stratton, and Phil Svitek. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Derek Shore. All right, everybody, welcome ha- back to another week of Desperate Housewives. Um, before we jump into uh, this latest episode, though, uh, you ladies, Roxy and Sarah, what what you reading over there, Roxy? I am reading an unbelievable book that actually came into stores a couple days ago, and if you don't have it already, you are really missing out. It is Maria Menounos' new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life. It is Awesome. That's such a great shot of her on the cover. I I, love that. She's beautiful. There's so many shots in here of her. You know, I'm a Celtics fan, so so many shots of her in Boston gear and just hanging out, doing her makeup, sitting in the garden, whatever it is. She's such an awesome killer person. You have to pick up this book because it gives you tips that you think you read it and you go, oh, I knew that, but you didn't know that. You don't do your clothes the way she knows to fold her clothes and put everything away. You don't do the food she, the way she does it. She just does everything perfect. So who should buy this book? I mean, is this this is only for girls, right, since it's the Every Girl's Guide to Life? Actually, no. You know what? As I've been looking through it, yes, girls should buy this book. All girls should buy this book. But she also has tips in here for guys and any guy who wants to learn more about a girl and what her life is like should buy this book. Everyone should buy this book. Everyone. It's fantastic. I couldn't put it down while... Before we watched the show, I was like flipping through during commercials. It's fantastic, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff about organizing that everyone can use. Like she does a I'm rundown. The worst. The it is my lifelong struggle to get organized. Absolutely. What I've learned from Maria, label maker. I am not good at that. I need to buy a label maker. I'm gonna go do that. I'm Inve- not invest in your own own organizational because future, there, Roxy. Exactly. Even if I'm putting things in one spot. Where the hell did I put that? I don't even know. So that was the number one thing I just learned. I'm gonna go get myself. Fantastic. A label where maker. can you where can you pick up a copy of the book? It's on Amazon.com, right? Right, Amazon.com. I know she's doing book tours right now. Jesse, where can you pick up a copy of this book? I think you Bing can, uh, also. Yep, Bing.com backslash Maria. And also for anyone listening, she will be in San Fran Rex. She will be in San Francisco <laughs> um, this Tuesday, and then I believe this Friday or the, uh, she will be at Book Soup in LA. 
And, you know, I know uh, last week when Maria was in New York uh, appearing on uh, the Today Show promoting the book, I know there was a line at the NBC Experience store. So if you are in one of those cities and you want to meet Maria, get her to sign a copy of her book. Uh, it's a fantastic gift for every woman you know, your mother, your sisters, uh, your co-hosts. So so stop Seriously. by and meet Maria. And, and is it Mother's Day coming up? It, it is. is. Next month. That is true. My, You know what? That's a good, I was just sitting here stressing. When am I going to get my mom? This is where I'm going to get her. I think you should pick up a copy. And since uh, there are a few connections to Maria around here, you're probably going to be able to get it signed for your mom. Ooh, Ooh, good goody. plan. Aren't I the lucky one? Well, awesome. Let's get to uh, let's get to this latest episode of Desperate Housewives. I uh, the other day I was talking to a neighbor about After Buzz TV and talking about our weekly Desperate Housewives podcast that we've been doing here, and uh, my neighbor Denise. I don't know if she's tuned in tonight or not, but she said, "Oh, oh, that show. I don't really watch that show. Those women. I just I can't deal with those women." And I was like, what are you talking about? What You can't deal with these women. And she said, you know, I saw a couple episodes of the New York women, and it was just too much. Oh. And I was like, Denise, this is not the real Housewives of New York City. This is Desperate Housewives. Hysterical. So apparently for eight seasons, um, some people have Denise not Denise has been confused. Denise is a little confused on a regular basis. Um, no offense, Denise. We love you. But I uh, I missed last week. I wasn't in the studio for this. And before that, of course, Desperate Housewives had sort of a long break. And I find it irritating as a fan. I mean, I know that the networks have these, you know, rules when, when episodes air. But yeah. it's been tough to keep up with. Yeah, It's really hard. And then some of the days I'll go up to the TV and I'll try and watch. And it's like... Well, I've already seen this one. And then I get really sad because I'm like, I was so excited. As pathetic as it sounds, we kind of schedule our lives around these shows. And then when they're not on, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, it's sort of like, it's kind of like going to the mailbox and not having a letter. When I turn on my DVR and I don't have my shows. Yeah. It's a bummer. It it's sucks. It's a major bummer. And you know, we'll get to this later in our in our news um, with DJ Jesse, but Housewives has had a tough time with ratings a little bit. Yeah. And I think part of that is because of the erratic schedule. I completely agree. I was thinking that the other day about a bunch of shows that it's just really hard for fans to keep up and change their lives around the shows when they don't know when it's actually going on. I'm hoping though that since uh, we'll talk later about contracting, but since seems to uh, things seem to be working out for them, hopefully they're not on hiatus anymore. They're happy with their contracts. Everything's going to go well, and we will see shows more regularly. Fingers hopefully. crossed. Well, from here on out, for the rest of the season, we should be seeing it every every week. So, um, right. so that's some good news for Housewives fans. Let's do a quick re- recap of this episode. Uh, we have Paul Young and Felicia, who is Beth's mother. Um, spending some time together. We also have Susan with yeah. her new kidney, and she's uh, sort of recovering and dealing with uh, survivor's guilt. I and guess a good luck streak. And a good luck streak. That's always uh, that's always a good thing. And then here um, we have Brie on the screen right now with Andrew. Brie, of course, in the last episode has been a, a crucial player in Andrew's recovery role and encouraging him to go to AA. But here we see the first um, signs that, that Brie might be regretting this a little bit because, of course, part of any recovery program is making, you know, making good on on bad deeds in your past. Yeah. So uh, so she's a little concerned that Andrew is going to spill the beans on running over Carlos's mother years ago. And then we also have the storyline of Lynette. And I love this storyline because at the very beginning of this episode, you can just see where it's going. Tom gets this big bonus check and, you know, you think Lynette might be coming the superstar. So those are sort of like the main storylines right. 
Um, why, don't, why don't we jump on in? Um, Sarah? So I'm thinking we should start from Lynette, or do you want to save that for the end? Save Lynette. Save Lynette? Let's save Lynette, and save let's talk about Brie and Andrew since we've got them on the screen right now. So basically this whole episode, as you said, talks about Brie does not want Andrew to admit to Carlos that he killed his mother so many years ago because she's scared that Carlos is going to now kill him. And it takes a turn where... Andrew and Carlos go on a trip into the mountains, and Bree and doesn't know about it. So she chases after him because she's scared he's going to get killed, but ends up being the one to tell Carlos that he had killed his son before, or his wife a long time. Or mother, 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 mother. Thank you, wife, son, mother. I got it. Same. You got it eventually. We got it. And so that that's really the whole thing, and it's just a lot of confusion and miscommunication. But it ends up really sad because Carlos completely rejects Bree from his life and ends up telling him that Gabby can't even be friends with Bree and to never speak to them or even wave to them on the street. And it's just so it's a very intense change to the dynamic. Uh, on that note, at the very end, do we think it's all right that Carlos is dictating who Gabby is friends with? Are you kidding? He comes off as an ass at the right. end. When he says, when he says, this will be the last thing I ever say to you. And then Bree comes in and, and he says, and you'll never see Gabby again. And Gabby said, hey, you can't speak for me. And he's like, I just did. And then she kind of lets him. Douche. Definitely a lot of things in this episode were a little too dramatic for me. Well, but that's typical Carlos. I mean, obviously he's upset. Um, I've never been like a huge fan of his character, to be honest. Right, but even when Bree stormed into the cabin... Oh my gosh, what is this blood? Did you kill my son? Shut up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> this, though, I know I change, I've said this in past episodes, and I know I change my mind every five seconds on this, but I love Bree's character. I know I you do. Bree's I know character you do. Because she comes off as that, you know, she's so perfect. And I remember saying um, this once before that in an interview I read, she was saying, it's so exhausting to be so perfect. It's so exhausting to play this perfect character. Right. Her wardrobe is perfect. Her house is perfect. The food is perfect. Her hair is perfect. And I love seeing the vulnerabilities in this character because she is so protective of her son that clearly she is not going to stop at anything to get him into recovery, to get him away from alcohol. She doesn't want him to suffer the same pitfalls she did. However, she still has that flaw of being willing to lie. You know, it's mm -hmm. just she's very protective, so she's lying on behalf of her son. She doesn't want him to get in trouble. But I think it's kind of humanizing to see those weaknesses in her perfect armor. Right. I mean, it's definitely just a human flaw, you know, going so far to protect others while really just doing wrong. Like, it's just excuses, but in the end around too long, which is why I liked how Carlos kind of reacted to Brie. I don't like that he told Gabby she shouldn't talk to her, but I completely respect his decision to cut her out of his life. Because he hit this, she hit this huge thing from him that was morally wrong, and he was completely right. She was an adult, and you can't make excuses for everyone around you. Like people have to own up to what they do. So what he, by shutting her out, I completely completely agree with. Like, so you think that Bree is more at fault than Andrew, or um, that Carlos should blame Bree more than Andrew? Oh, good question. I, I think question. that Carlos was right to forgive Andrew because he said he was sorry, he apologized for something that really was an accident. But 
if I don't, if I do remember correctly, a long time ago, Andrew did want to admit it to Carlos and to the police, and Bree wouldn't let him. But Andrew was also a teenager at that mm-hmm. time, right? Yes. And so that really was what Carlos said to Bree was, hey, Andrew was a kid. 16. He apologized, and you were an adult the whole time. You covered this up. I mean, the exactly. whole the whole part about him saying, you came to the funeral, and you sat there, and you consoled us? Yeah, you're right. I think Carlos is correct. However... I do find it irritating to speak on behalf of your wife. Like, I'm so sensitive when it comes to like, I'm the man, so I'm going to speak for the woman. Right. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I also agree with that. Um, but do, So you think being 16 is an excuse enough? No. Well, it's not no. an excuse. I'm like, I would also understand if he said he might want to take him to the police for it. But I think it's easier for people to forgive people who are younger. And looking at Andrew's situation... He was obviously going to listen to what his mother told him to do. So when your mom says, look, honey, I'm doing what's best for you. Don't tell anyone. You're going to listen to them. Yeah, having Bree as a mom would be sort of tough, Mm -hmm. I think, as a teenager. You sort of, you're living in her house. It's her rules. I can see. I give him kind of a pass. Yeah. For for when he was 16. And, and you know, Sarah, like you just said, when he told Carlos, he said, do what you've got to do. If you want to report this to the police, I'll go for it. Yeah. I don't think it's like an excuse for everyone to say they can do whatever they want when they're yeah. younger. I just feel like you do get a little more leeway, especially when the people who are supposed to telling you supposed to be like telling you how to run your life aren't really doing it. Strictly no, by the way. I do agree, but I've just always thought that it's very strange that if you are under 18, people forgive you. And when you turn 18, people don't forgive you. The law doesn't forgive you. It's just very arbitrary to me. You know, I, I don't understand. You turn this age, you're an adult. See, I felt like I knew what I was doing when I was like 10. Yeah, that's what I I'm saying. I felt like an adult when I was really <laughs> if, young. When I was 16, I was working in a hospital. I'd better be an adult. You know what I mean? I, you don't want a kid running around a hospital. But if if I was 16 and I killed somebody, then that's okay. I just don't really know where the line is. What well, is a kid? Well, you know what? That is a great point you bring up because we have all of these, you know, arbitrary or not, we have not only social milestones that we go through, but you also have things like your driver license right. when you're 15 or 16, depending on the state where you live, or 17, I think, in some states maybe. Um, 18, you can finally vote. You can't drink until you're 21. So that is a good question because if you're responsible right. enough to have a driver license and operate a motor vehicle. And fight for your country. Yeah. Shouldn't you be treated more like an adult? You I would know. think, but then I have to think, my mother's still does not consider me adult because I'm not 21. I don't know why. She's always said, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, t- I'm, a, I'm an adult. I've been an adult. Like, I'm an adult. And she's like, once you're 21, you get everything. Then you can be an adult. And I'm like, this. Forgive law- me for laughing. It's just I identify with that so much, Sarah, oh, because no. I, I've been paying my own bills since I was 15 living on my own since I was 17. I'm 30 now, and my mom still is like, honey, when are you going to move home? I'm like, mom, <laughs> I'm probably never going to move home. Let's hope I never have Let's to hope move I home. never move home. I know. Oh, She'll gosh. be excited the day you walk in the door, and you'll be like miserable and crying. It, but it is ridiculous, and the reason I brought this point up is because I don't know if I feel okay with the fact that Carlos just let him off the hook like that. I don't know if I feel okay with that. Hmm. 
Well, I guess we'll find out if, you know, maybe in an upcoming episode, maybe we'll see something happen. However, I'm guessing that's sort of like the end of the road. Andrew's off the hook, and now we're Mm going to see the drama unfold between Brie and Carlos. Right. I also think there was a point, sorry, I'm going to still keep on this. I think there was a point that they made to show that Carlos and Andrew had had this bond for so long, like almost a father-son figure bond. And so I think there is a little more reason for him to forgive him. Because when Carlos was mourning, he kind of got rid of his sadness through Andrew. But isn't that almost less of a reason, more hurtful? I don't know, because I feel like if he did feel fatherly to him, like as that type of person, like a role model, you would want to like forgive the person you felt close oh, to. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if it was his real father, right. obviously your father's going to forgive right. you for pretty much and anything And because Andrew's you do. father passed away, maybe mm-hmm. Carlos does feel a little more protected. There are for sure two sides of this coin. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I get both sides. I just don't know. Is he a kid? Is he an adult? <laughs> who, who is this guy? We can move on from him, though. I don't have to stress. About well, we've much. seen we've seen friendships go sour on on Wisteria Lane before, right. and uh, I'm sure that eventually things will work out, right? I mean, they can't be right? fighting for the rest of the series. We see some long grudges too. Yeah, we do. This Paul Young story that was a pretty long grudge, right? That ongoing. Is Let's jump over to that one because I I was sort of expecting Beth to like come back from the dead. Just the way right. the episodes had been set up, I, I never believed. And also because the actor who plays her had sort of said, this will not be the last you see of Beth. I right. was kind of thinking, oh, well maybe we're being fooled like we have been with the show in the past. Right, that, that's what I was thinking. She said, I can guarantee you this is not the last time we see her. And then at the very end, we see Felicia talking to somebody and she's walking towards that that thing, that person. And I'm like, oh. It's Beth. She didn't die. She shot herself, or there's a ghost of her. But it's just her ashes. Yeah. Is, but is that what she meant? She's coming back? Her ashes? Or are we going to see a ghost? Or Well, we still see Mary Alice when we, you know, speaking of dead people on the lane, flashbacks. we have flashbacks of Mary Alice, so maybe there will be flashbacks of Beth. But it'll be interesting to see right. now that Felicia has moved back into this house of Paul Young's. Uh, I thought that was an interesting little twist, too. I, de- I thought that was really creative because I was like, she's in this house. How is she in this house? Right. And then they described that the house had been put in Beth's name, so it could be hers because she wrote this, because right. Beth wrote a will. And I was just like, that's so good. Like, it makes perfect sense. Because I was wondering, and how was is she going to get back on the street? Yeah. Because she had to, and now she is. Yeah. Isn't it funny, though, that we root for the villain? Because my reaction was like, yes, the house is in her name. <laughs> like, she gets to move in. I wasn't feeling bad oh for my. Paul Young. The I was villain? happy for Felicia. Who's the villain, Paul or Felicia? Well, good question. They're both villains, right? Oh, I'm not rooting for either of them. I- not villains, they're crazy. Weren't you happy that she got that house, though? No, I wasn't feeling that at all. You know, in between Paul and Felicia, I really feel like Paul is making an effort to move forward, despite the fact that he brought a gun. <laughs> Forget about that for a second. Other than that, I feel like he really is trying to move forward. And I feel like Felicia's a creep. I want her gone. I was not rooting for her. I was thinking, oh, crap, Paul, what are you going to do? How are you going to rally the troops here? Oh, see, Felicia is creepy, but she's crazy creepy. And I think that sort of has some entertainment value. Paul just kind of has that low, scary voice that after a while I just kind of 
But at least he's somewhat relatable. Like when he had that whole talk, I always come back to this, but how he hates hating people, how it really takes a toll on him. Remember we saw a few episodes back how he was sitting with Beth and said, I hate this hatred I have. I don't want to feel this anymore. And, And he has emotions. When I look at Felicia, I see a lack of two fingers and think, you freaking psycho. I, I can't even relate to you. I, yes, no. I agree with you, and especially because we did see <laughs> Paul's been opening up. I mean, he had that yeah. whole heart-to-heart also with Susan telling her that, like, she that she could take the kidney and, like, giving in and giving right. up on some level of hate. Felicia's pretending to give up on hate and still, like, mwahaha in but, the background. But when Paul had that conversation with Susan in the last episode and he said that he would give her the kidney, didn't you think that that change of heart was a little too abrupt? There, I mean, the conflict between Paul Young and the neighbors on Wisteria Lane is so multi-layered and deeply, like, deeply rooted that it seemed completely bizarre that Paul suddenly says, okay, you can have the kidney. I'm a changed man, Susan. I don't want you to suffer anymore. I definitely, no? I definitely get what you're saying, but... I think it needed to happen to further the storyline. Oh, agreed. It needed to happen. It was it was too quick for sure. They should have it should have been a little more drawn out because one day he's saying, "Hell no," and the next day he's saying, "It's yours." Right, and I don't Not think believable. you go from right. "I'm going to do everything I can to make your life miserable" to "Okay, take my dead wife's kidney." Exactly, but I think that Felicia really got to him when she said, "Listen, my daughter loved you." Because Paul didn't know that. Paul didn't get that. And I think realizing that and taking that in and and understanding that he royally screwed up yeah, kind of just made him say, I, I can't do this anymore. I that can't. is a very reasonable, it's the rational. His heart grew. That is very, I'm glad that the Grinch whose heart grew. And yeah. that is reasonable and rational love. as well. The Grinch did not steal Christmas. <laughs> Roxy goes reasonable, rational. Sarah goes to Dr. Seuss. But that's okay. What does that say about me and Roxy? Anything you need to relate to these people, it's totally fine. I'm just wondering what side the whole street's going to take once they find out. Like, are they going to be like, oh, no, Felicia. Are I they think so Paul's. Gonna be, oh, no. They're going to take Paul's? I think they're going to take Paul's because he did this thing for Susan he, they like Beth now. They think Felicia's absolutely crazy. And Paul's in mourning. I guess Felicia's too, but... I don't know. I, 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 I neither. I don't know. I don't know. Good question. Well, I know the predictability, predictability, predictability factor has come into the show so much because we have... It's, it's sort of obvious when, when Felicia shows up and says to Paul, hey, why don't we go and spread these ashes together? You sort of know that something funky is coming up. And it was not a surprise that Paul Young had the gun with him. It was a surprise, I think, that Felicia had it in her hand instead of the other way around yeah. because I was honestly thinking one of them was not going to be coming back from oh, yeah. that like. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I said to Sarah during the episode? You see her take the gun and she says, but I'm not going to shoot you. You know what I'm going to do with it? I thought she was going to kill herself I did too. And, send, and send him to jail. They did such a good job of building that up because right. I kind of winced the moment she dropped the gun right. in the lake. I was expecting her brains to be yeah, blown Yeah, like she's about to blow her brains out. He's going to jail, totally framed, and just like that. And I'm glad because I want to see where this goes. I like this storyline. I just decided I'm into this. There <laughs> is definitely new. I, you know I was over this storyline for a long time, but yeah. I do agree that there is some new life that has been breathed into it. And I'll be curious to see where it goes. Right. Why don't we talk a little bit about, should we save Lynette for the end? 
Let's you talk. want to save Lynette for the end. Yes. Well, let's talk about her now because um, she's she's on my mind. Are, are you as sure? long as we're talking about predictability, because when okay. Tom comes home from work and he says, you know, they called me into the office today and they handed me a $100,000 check. Woohoo! It's sort of, you can just see the wheel starting to turn. You can right. see that Lynette is excited about it. And it's this finally, like after financial struggles for years, they can, you know, have a little nest egg. Right. And, you know, Renee described it uh, perfectly when she said to when she said to Lynette, you know, it's not the money that is the price you're paying. The price you're paying is you lose time with your husband. Right. Which is way more important than 10,000, 100,000, however many thousand million dollars. If you lose your husband. What the hell is it all worth? Well, and before that Debbie Downer moment from Renee comes along, <laughs> I was I was thinking that, wow, Lynette has $10,000. What is she going to do? She's going to buy some hot clothes. She's going to look like a celebrity. Are we going to see her also kind of reinvent herself rather than being kind of the tired mom that she has become in recent right. episodes? So um, I was really hoping that she would go there. But you're right. There was that reality check when, when Renee said, listen – it's a trade-off. You don't get to see your husband anymore. And again, here's like five seconds later, Brie is no longer my favorite. Lynette is my favorite again. I was feeling so bad for her when she went to yeah. meet Tom on that plane with that lobster. And he rejected her. Yes. Just yeah. flat-out rejection. And oh. told her how much he loves work. Exactly. And that's his fun. Well, and also said not only how much he loves work, but that he's never felt so wanted or needed or something Valuable? like that. Valuable? Maybe, yeah. I think that was the word, valuable in his Important. life. And that's kind of a tough pill to swallow, I think, from your partner of however many years. Yeah. I, I would not have accepted that the way she did. She said, wow, I'm so happy for you. We could see in her face that she wasn't feeling okay, but yeah. I would have... Right there, right then, before it got any further, listen. You would have thrown the lobster in his face? Not thrown the lobster in his face. said, listen, you can wait 30 minutes. You can wait 30 minutes. I need this for me. And that's the Lynette we kind of know, right? right. The one who does So why didn't husband. she do that? I don't know. Maybe she was caught by surprise. What do you think, Sarah? I don't know. I had a very, I don't know what was going on in my head, but I had a very, like, analysis into reality view of this plot line. I don't know. I basically, in my head, applied this to, like, kind of a statement about the recession. I don't know why. But I was thinking more about how they were using this to show that time is more important than materials. And I was looking oh. at it that way. So yeah. I'm at a totally different viewpoint than you two. Because I was just, like, the whole time I was watching this, I was just thinking about how often people think they want like the CFO position and yeah. the jets and the money. But right now that's not as going on as much. Hmm. And people really 100%. need to learn to embrace and love the fact that they are getting time and have the people they love in their lives. So that's how I was looking at it. This you know what? Time. And that's, I really like that. I think that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And especially the irony that that brings with Lynette's character, because mm -hmm. she has always been such a family mom and wanting to teach her kids the right lessons and really sort of like it, iron fist type leader. Right. right. Exactly. And like when you said the line um, that she says that like, I'm so happy for you after he's saying like, I never felt more about, for valuable, what I wanted her to say was, or at least what I was thinking, because this is all I was thinking about, was 
you were valuable. You're more valuable to the family than you are to work any time. Like, that was my train of thought Uh through that whole plot line. The the reason I asked that question, though, and I 100% get what you're saying, but the reason I asked was because I think she knows this was her idea, so she wouldn't say that because she doesn't like to be wrong. She doesn't like to admit when she's wrong. And I think what you just said is really important and what the writers really were going for and what this episode is about. But what these characters are actually feeling and why she's not saying anything and why she's not being aggressive like she usually is is because he didn't want this job. That's very true. He didn't want it. And she pushed him and pushed him and made him drive the car and pretended it was Carlos's and set him up. What is she going to say now? I know I pushed you to get this job, but... Now I want you to drop it and right. try to go back to Carlos. And by the way, if she does, if he does try to go back to Carlos, Carlos is going to say, huh, I, I don't trust take anybody it, anymore. I don't trust so. Bree. I don't trust Andrew. I don't trust you. I don't trust my wife. Screw everybody. I'm, I'm doing me. Well, and Tom even said in the plane as well that the whole reason he has this job, he essentially thanked her. Yeah. And said, thank you so much because I realize that the only reason this is happening is because of you. Right. So I think that's I think you both make excellent points. I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow for Lynette, yeah. knowing that she was the one who really was pushing it. But maybe this was a good lesson for her to realize that having her husband around is more important than that private jet. We'll see how it goes. I could see her like becoming his secretary or something. You know what I was thinking originally was that she was going to go out and instead of spending 10,000, Renee was going to get her so carried away, she was going to spend 50000 You know, just totally money-hungry, spending it and spending it. And she didn't do that, but I kind of could see that in weeks to come. Talk about in predictions, though. But I think that Renee and Lynette, good buddies. Oh, my gosh. They'll make a really good dynamic Totally. Deal. And Renee's character, before we go to commercial, I, I just think Renee's yeah. character is someone who, in, in real life, in reality, I would loathe a person like that. Oh, yeah. Loathe. I mean, she seems like... A horrible, nasty woman, right? Right. But on the show, I can't get enough. Why is that? She's a very good addition to Lane, for sure. Because she's like what Gabby used to bring to us, which is just this obnoxious, doesn't understand life, doesn't understand what's going on, rich, not down to earth at all, conceited. And we don't get that from Gabby anymore. So we needed that. Yeah, with Renee, this sounds so horrible, but... I would either absolutely disgust Renee or she would be my best friend ever and we would be attached at the hip. Because <laughs> that's opposite you attract can do. sometimes, right? I don't I don't think I could be that close with her, or I used to not think that. But then remember we found out a lot about her past and about her her mom killing herself and that she has been cheated on and yeah. wanted a kid and all this stuff. She's got something going on up there. Oh, yeah. We have definitely seen some cracks in her beautiful facade. I mean, even last episode when she had that party that she had to essentially, like, pay people people to arrive. I mean, that's kind of a bummer. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, um, DJ Jesse will catch us up on some of the latest news and gossip. Awesome. Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. 
So Desperate Housewives dropped to a series low again last night among its target age groups, 18 to 49. Although they took a hit a couple weeks ago, people seem to think it was due to other major award shows and events. This time, their only major competition was the Knicks vs. Celtics game, which is a pretty big competition. Uh, Desperate Housewives had 8.83 million viewers and was ranked a 2.7. You know what, though? As, as much as I love the Knicks-Celtics game, go Celtics, uh, it, it shouldn't be competition for Desperate Housewives. Totally different demographic, I feel like. I agree. I so think, no excuses there, I Desperate it, Housewives. Yeah, I was going to say, I really think it speaks to what Derek said about the inconsistency of episodes and the on one week, not on one week. A sports fan is not going to be like, oh, Housewives or the game? Right. Housewives mm-hmm. or the game? Well, no, their husbands are, and they're controlling the TV. Don't people have more than one TV in their home? Hey, not middle America. Can the we, recession is over, people. <laughs> Buy an extra TV. Can we bounce back from this hit? I hope so. Eh, I think this is... I'm hoping so. I think DH so. has hit its, its peak? peak point. We're on oh. the decline. I think Look, when you, when you come back after a six-week break with one episode and then take another week break and then come back... I know. Yeah, I mean, I think this thing. dip is to be expected. They have, like, we've seen this series kind of go this since the beginning. Remember second season came along and there was this bizarre yeah. storyline with the kid locked in the basement and ratings plunged oh, yeah, and that... the chains and everything? Yeah. Horrible, oh, right? Wow, long time. So I feel like it needs to hit its stride, not only with the writing, but with the schedule. Well, so. it's funny because I... I don't know where I read this or how I was even on the topic of Desperate Housewives. But um, a lot of people are upset with this whole uh, Terry Hatcher's character having this, you know, sickness. They kind of felt like they, um, what's it called, jumping the shark with the uh, whole Beth situation. So I think a lot of people have kind of... Wait, with the suicide, you mean? What are you trying... I don't understand. Well, with just how crazy she is and how they've added this... How Beth is just this over-the-top character in Wisteria Lane. Um, That and the whole Terry Hatcher theme is A little too much. Apparently, that's what... Too heavy. That's what the bloggers are saying. Too much of a bummer. I guess, yes. Okay. Yeah, it is a downer recently. Yeah, it is. Not a lot of joy. But we have a good luck streak going with Terry Hatcher, so maybe that will help. Maybe she'll get rich and move out of that apartment. Everybody gets rich and everybody's happy. That's what Who knows? <laughs> well, we are happy to report that Terry Hatcher, Marcia Cross, Eva Longoria, and Felicity Huffman have all signed on for season eight and possibly a season nine. After a long struggle over contracts, all four women increased the salary from two hundred seventy-five thousand an episode to three hundred twenty-five. Oh, divas. Whew. That's some lot of money. You but know, Charlie Cheesheen was making two million an episode, and these ladies are only making three twenty-five. I mean, that seems winning. like a deal. And I think that I read that they're making the most females are making on television right now as a group. 
Does that seem low to anyone else? Very low. Hmm. Yeah, it does seem low. But you seems know what? Actually, me. maybe this will. <laughs> seems high. I mean, I relative, <laughs> relatively speaking, maybe obviously. This will help their ratings because people think it's coming to an end, so they want to watch all they can. I could personally never work for three hundred twenty-five grand an episode. No, I need at least a mail, mail five. You know. Diva. All right. Well, Terry Hatcher linked up with the nonprofit Grain Foods Foundation to help hungry children across America. They launched a 2011 bread art project, within, which engages consumers in an attempt to help nourish children in need while providing information on nutrition. It is a digital fundraising mechanism to end ch childhood hunger by 2015. Consumers are asked to help by visiting breadartproject.com to create a personalized piece of bread art at no cost. By uploading a favorite drawing or photo or designing a new one using a digital slice of bread as a canvas. For each piece of approved bread art created from April 1st to June 30th, 2011, the Grain Foods Foundation will donate $1 to share our strength. Um, claiming, I really commend the Grain Foods Foundation efforts to pro provide children in need with proper nutrition and nourishment. As a mother, it's heartbreaking to learn the impact of childhood hunger in this country. I'm proud to support the Bread Art Project and become a a part of the solution to growing in this growing problem. I'm so glad, Jesse, you clarify that this is a digital piece of bread because I was thinking yeah. bread art project. Is, is this encouraging creative. nutrition or encouraging kids to play with their food? You know what, though? When I was looking up all the stuff and, and typing up the gossip for this week, usually when we talk about fundraisers, I don't put in all the details because it's a long chunk and people get bored listening. But I thought this was really interesting and cool and I support anybody who wants to go to this website. That's fun. That's awesome. And Easy. you don't have to donate any money, and somebody else does. Yeah, it's great. So go do that. It's a great, great idea. Yay for Terry Hatcher and Green Food Foundation. Go Terry. And go Terry because she finally shows a hidden talent. Not only can she act, but she is also a singer, as we see during the fundraising event during the Wisteria Lane block party. James Denton, who plays her husband, Mike, also joined her on stage along with his band. These rock stars don't only play for fun, they play for a cause, which this time was the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I really want to hear her. I'm like, I just there want to. YouTube Yeah, because if she's as, as good as Gwyneth Paltrow is, then I'm sure it's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, I I'm bet you'll rock it. I'm just kidding. Gwyneth, you're great. Well, Marcia Cross also has interests outside of acting, saying, I got my master's degree in psychology. After acknowledging her career on Desperate Housewives won't last forever, she said, quote, I actually worked on the Maple Counseling Center in Beverly Hills and saw clients for a year. So if the acting work falls flat, I could go back to doing that. See, I think that is so interesting when you have Hysterical. actors who, who have such great success on a TV series like she did back on Melrose Place. It was Melrose Place, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, Melrose Place back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And then to have this long career break and think, oh, what am I going to do? Good for her for going back to school. You know what, though? I, I think it's very interesting because Marsha Cross has fame. She's been successful. Who thinks after you've been successful, most people's heads get so big, they don't think, if I don't make it. To me, Marsha Cross, you've already made it. What do you mean if you don't make it, you're, you'll try school? You've made it. You go, girl. But she's she doesn't let her head get too big, and she thinks, maybe I won't be able to get a job after this, and I've got a backup plan. Smart woman. Yeah. Very. She has kids to feed. And a lot of money in the bank, too, so she's probably going to be say. fine. Well, Eva Longoria has been cast in a new comedy film called 
The Baytown Disco. The movie is about a beautiful woman who convinces three unintelligent redneck brothers to save her son from her abusive ex-husband. There's been no official word on which role she has accepted, but the rap assumed that she would be playing the mistress in alleged distra- distress. Her co-star will be Billy Bob Thornton, and director is Barry Battles. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing her as the distressed woman. Uh, I don't think she's really going to be part of the Redneck Brothers. So <laughs> That's true, but you know what? I think I will go see this movie just because I love her so much. And Billy Bob Thornton usually pulls a creative one out, right? Yeah, like Bad Santa or whatever that was. The last, oh. time, I, the last time I ever went to a movie to see him. Oh, we can leave that one off the Sorry. list. <laughs> Many celebrities were in attendance at Prince's concert last Thursday at the Los Angeles Forum. Eve Longoria, however, was the lucky one to be pulled up on stage with him and show off a few of her dance moves. She attended the concert with boyfriend Eduardo Cruz. Eduardo! She was actually on a double date, I believe, with Penelope Cruz and her husband as That's well. so sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a family affair then. Yeah. Can you imagine standing at a Prince concert? Not knowing you were going to be pulled up on stage and having him just grab you up there? Actually, I can because that happened to me once. Are you serious? Yeah, you guys didn't know about that? No. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Did you... we're, we're kidding, right? Oh. I'm I was... kidding. I totally believed you. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here like, oh my god, oh my god. I can't wait to hear this story. Vanessa Williams is being honored by Syracuse University's College of Visual and Performing Arts with their 2011 Icon of Style Awards. Williams, an alumni of the college's Department of Drama, will receive the award on Thursday, May 19th. Following will be a reception and fashion show at One Chase Manhattan Plaza featuring the top collections from fashion design seniors. The Icon of Style Award honors for those individuals who are bold, innovative, and visionary in the world of fashion. Talk about a career. I mean, since her little Playboy scandal in Miss America back in the early 80s, she has been a survivor. Excuse me for pounding on the desk, but... <laughs> boom. Boom. Uh, you were just making a point very clear. Uh, I was. And it's true. Singing, acting, whatever it is. She's good. She's the whole package, Mm -hmm. for sure. I would honor her, too. Good for you, Syracuse. All right, you got a spoiler alert coming up? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Here we go. Hey! I'm so glad we have this sound effect. Spoiler alert! My favorite. Eva Longoria spoke about what is to come in the final episodes of Desperate Housewives season. Saying, quote, I do have a family member that comes back from my past that I have to deal with and confront. She also hints that coming up, Bree and I have a really funny scene. We have a funny storyline that comes together. We had a lot of fun shooting. Everybody keeps coming from the editing room going, episode 521 is so funny. So I can't wait for everyone to see it. Hmm. Secret friendship. Yeah, we, we we can talk more about it in predictions, but we did see them together. Yeah. So maybe it's coming up. You know, I kind of feel bad that Susan got so shortchanged in this episode. We really didn't talk much about her, but I think it's pretty straightforward. You know, she's having a rough time dealing with the survivor's guilt, and uh, hopefully she gets rich in the next episode. I'm hoping that that poker chip has uh, served her winning streak well. I kind of hope she loses it all and remembers that she's a normal person and doesn't feel so guilty. I don't know. She's lost it all a lot. She lost her kidney. How much reminder do you need that you're a normal person? I hope she gets rich enough to get her house back and then stops or quits while she's ahead. I just don't want her to become... Super rich. I don't want all of these people just rich, rich, rich. I don't want to watch that. I already watched Gossip Girl. 
Random I want that. Rich people. Yeah. yeah. Random question. Whose house is Felicia in? She's in she's in Susan's house now because Paul Young bought that house, right? Oh, so she's in Susan's. I I was just clarifying that because I wasn't sure. That's just unfortunate. See, well, and it's gonna be tough for Susan and Mike to move into their home if Felicia is now Where occupying is Mike? it. And where's MJ? Good question. Maybe going back to Alaska? Maybe they were sick in this week's episode. They had the flu. Well, we let's, um, I think we uh, we sort of gave you guys a nice recap. We'll sort of gloss over the, the predictions, but why don't we remind our viewers where they can tune in, Sarah and Roxy. So if you want to listen live or view live, hello guys, you can go to ustream.tv, and that's Ustream with the letter U, not Y-O-U, and it's slash After Buzz TV. Um, no, Ustream.tv slash After Buzz TV. You're right. Ustream.tv slash AfterBuzzTV. There we go. Just to be clear, one more time. There we go. And then for the archives and the recordings, you can go to our website, which is AfterBuzzTV.com, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe to any of your favorite shows. Also, look up, we have a Stitcher app. Do you want to spell for me, Roxy? Because I seem to not be S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, Stitcher app. It is on the Droid, the iPhone, the iPad, and the BlackBerry right now. And within seven to eight weeks, we are coming up with an AfterBuzz app. All right. Originally, it's just going to be for the iPad and the iTouch and the iPhone. iPhone. But then it's so. going to the Droid and the BlackBerry so you can listen to us on the go. And just the perfect show for on the go. I mean, you know, I that's what I think. I'm like, I want this on my iPhone. Just because it's easy. You can listen to it. You watch it. It's simple. It's something that you can listen to in, in short bits, and you don't have to really listen to the whole thing in a row. In the so car, plug it in, perfect. whatever you do. Yeah, well, and to all the, the viewers and listeners out there, we appreciate your support so much. Um, we have some predictions coming up. Um, but but seriously, as we were developing these apps and trying to figure out the ways to distribute this content, we totally appreciate you telling your friends about it and following us on on Facebook and Twitter. Um, just After Buzz TV, search for us and you can like us on Facebook or become a fan. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. Comment on our iTunes. Yeah. Oh my God, these are the greatest, coolest people I've ever ever listened to. Well, we have fun. I mean, I feel like it's just sort of like a casual, fun group of people, and, uh, you know, we certainly have a good time with the show, so we hope you all enjoy listening and watching. Yep. We, would awesome. we always want people to contribute, so you can always call in or comment us or tell us what you want to listen to and what you want to hear, and we're all ears. Enough about us. On to predictions. On to predictions. We are out of time for the show, so let's make this super fast. So, Susan, we just talked about her. Right. Um, let's move on to Lynette. Will she become, you know... A change of heart? Will she have a change of heart with Tom and make him quit his job? Eventually, yeah. Okay. We're, we're getting there. I sort of think so, too. Maybe. Uh, we also we saw something weird. We saw Susan having sex with Paul Young or something like that. See them in bed together and big question marks and an uh-oh. I think that it was just cut to make it seem that yeah. way. Was that in the tease for next week? Yes. Oh, I did not see that part. Yeah. It she was... was naked in bed and then he was naked in bed, but you didn't see them naked in bed together. Okay, well, hopefully that's a dream sequence or something. Something or bizarre. Or cut together, all, you know, just hoping that actually doesn't happen because right. I would literally... I, yeah. You'd vomit a bit? That, yeah. That's a goodbye to Desperate Housewives for me. I can't deal with that. Well, let's Unless see how, how long Felicia will, will survive on the lane. Will she right. get killed off? That is true. And what do we think about the Brie, Gabby, Carlos 
You know, I think you know. it's going to be a tough next episode for those characters, but they've got to sort it out and become friends again. Yeah. Agreed. Wouldn't be the lane without them, right? Bree's the cook, so they need her. They'll starve without her. <laughs> no they will starve without Bree. Exactly. All right. Well, we are totally out of time. I know it was a quick show tonight, but thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning in. Please feel free to call us, find us online, uh, and to uh, you guys in the booth, Phil and DJ Jesse, thanks so much. And we will see you all next week. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz, buzz you later! later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.